0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of what we're listening to. My name is Josh, and with me is my good friend and soundscape
1: zealot Asher. How are you, buddy? I'm well, very well. What have you got on the quiz for me today?
0: uh so i have a I have two I have an option of two, and I think I'll go with the easier one for you um uh spoilers uh so this week I gave you the King of Limbs album mm-hmm. Already right, heard. Now, the King of Limbs is a real thing. What knew, is the
1: King of Limbs? I was seriously looking at the album art yesterday as I was not listening to it again, going, I should have checked what the heck this album is about. <laughs> but you told me don't look up anything, so I didn't. Um, what is the King of Limbs? Is it some, it looks like some ghost story from the like front of the cover. Is, is it correct? Or is it K- some it- mythology?
0: I'll give you a real thing. It's a real thing in England.
1: Is it something to do with, like, King Arthur or some, like, (laughs) old school legend? I have no idea.
0: Uh, That is incorrect. It is a tree. Oh, I should have got that. I have a photo. I'll send it to you on Facebook, even. Oh, yeah? Um, So when Rayhead were recording the in rainbows album oh. in oxfordshire this yeah, yeah, yeah. tree was like a couple meters away from where they're recording and when they were going breaks tom would go and look at it and he still got more and more obsessed by it
1: hmm. um and that's, that's a cool kind of tree
0: he started thinking about it yeah, it's just like super old gnarly yeah looking thing it's the king yeah. of limbs
1: i like it and they did they call it the king of limbs or is that what it was called
0: that's its name. It has a, there's actually a plaque I've cropped out at the bottom of the frame. It's just kingdoms. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> nice. My other idea
0: for this question was to just show you the photo and ask what that is, but I thought that was too difficult. It, it's a tree, Josh.
1: <laughs> it's a tree. <laughs> What's it called? A tree. Um, is this... So I've I've seen one of their old videos, a live one called Scotch Mist. Is that recorded around the same area?
0: Uh, yeah, so Scotch Mist... I think it was recorded in the same studio they made in
1: Rainbow's Inn. Okay. I really like that video. I like that it's also a bit kind of arty. They're like running yeah. through the mist and kind of, yeah, it's it's cool. Nice. I did not yeah. know that that was the meaning of that cover. So there you go.
0: We could talk more about the themes of the album to do with that later, but that's, don't yeah, to
1: them. Um, I
0: don't have any catch up this week. My, uh...
1: yeah, I only had all, one. <laughs> that's fine i i just listened to those family dinner tracks um oh yeah i i must confess i found them a little repetitive um yeah. the the out of the three the middle one i kind of skipped over the first two are fine they're like kind of yeah i get the fine like the friend vibe it feels kind of very um kind of warm and and relaxing a little bit of kind of those chill hop sort of autumn vibes yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah, it didn't really grab me so much, but yeah that, the the
0: need for bass right, super strong,
1: yeah, like, like a, yeah
0: a nice melodic like yeah that's still my yeah. my high horse for them,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to follow up, so uh, Quickest with that in mind with that in yeah. mind, what have you been listening to, I guess? Um, so I've been listening to a band which I've been meaning to chat about slash properly listen to for a while. Um, they're a band called Soul Junk. Um, mm. now Soul Junk have been around for a long time. Um, as far as I understand And they've been recommended to me by, um, a few different people. And, um, I recently was given a couple of their albums and I decided to go with, one called 1961. Now you have to understand, so they have written around 27 different releases on Bandcamp Whoa. and they're all numbered with those years. So like okay. from 1923 through to 1961, Oh, sorry, 1932, skipping a whole bunch of random spots through to 1961. <laughs> and there's apparently some sort of, uh, thing where all the numbers above, like, 1950 are albums and below that are not or something like that. I don't know how it works. But, um... Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. This is just the start of the weirdness. I guess that's
0: the naming convention.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Just to give you a bit of background, they're kind of like really raw rock and roll slash... More raw rock, not classic rock and roll, kind of punky, noisy, indie sort of sound. Okay. Um to give you an idea, the opening like description on Bandcamp for this is if nineteen sixty was a return to detuned Stegosaurus rock form uh, after mm-hmm. about ten years of gibble bleeps and noise, nineteen sixty one is a return to core band Archaeopercatex rock form which apparently is another type of dinosaur which I can't pronounce I looked it up last night and I can't okay. so I'm trying to I'm looking at the lens through like dinosaur rock but it's kind of uh, so the thing you have to understand soldier are like chaos you, you kind of start and it's like chaotic drums and guitar and strangely also similar to family dinner there's not really a ton of bass sometimes mm, okay. And the electric guitar is kind of played with the melody, so it's kind of following the melody. And um, I think his name is Glenn Galaxy. I could get that wrong, but he's the lead singer. And his voice isn't, like, fantastic, but it lends itself to this kind of music very, very well. I really love it. The strange thing also is that, um, similar to half and Cloud, these are all, like, psalms and Bible verses. Okay. And... So it's this bizarre mix of, like, different genres clashing, I feel. Um, So it's the jankiest thing I've heard in a while. I just (laughs) love the instrumentation. Um, They have gamelan in there on this album, and there's kind of all these just sounds done in unison and really heavy kind of riffs and that sort of thing. Um, Sometimes... It doesn't quite pull it off. Like it's more janky than good. Sure. Um, but I, I really, I, like not every song is great. Some are a little bit boring or repetitive, but I listened to it all the way through several times over the past few weeks and also before, earlier when I got it. And some of the songs just kept coming back to mind. And one of their songs actually comes back to not to mind very often, even though... I don't necessarily love all the instrumentation of the feelings. I just kind of love how, just love the arrangement of the words slash. I love the, the, um, kind of clankiness and, and jauntiness of the music. It's, it's really fun to listen to, um, which is really good because sometimes I listen to stuff which is really washy and this was just a really nice change from that, um, the the names of the tracks are incredible. Um so they've obviously got the name of the psalm, but then they've got like a, a subtitle. And so three of my favorite tracks are 122, which is the Archaea uh, anyway, the name of the dinosaur. <laughs> One 128 Soup Mog and 130 Ura- uranusura And so they just like gosh. It, it, it's kind of very out there. And it did take me a while to get into them, so if you want to, if you want to check them out, they are a bit inaccessible at the beginning. Um, I really liked this one, 1961. I felt like it was one of the most accessible. Although three and a half years ago, I bought one of their other earlier EPs, which I loved. Um, this one, interesting, was also a little crossover with Sufjan. He was on this record, um, and there was a bit. It was less janky and probably a bit more melodic and sung i think it was 1945 anyway <laughs> so but this was the feel, first time i kind of got into soul junk proper with their chaos kind of detuned yeah rock and roll sort of thing um
0: it's, yeah it sounds like um one of those bands <clears throat> from like a scott pilgrim <laughs> battle of the bands where they're like they play three-second songs and I love. <laughs> they make them up on stage, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean the songs are longer. It's not kind of half-handed cloud length, but they <laughs> are that kind of chaotic feeling of yeah. It almost feels like they're just kind of making it up as they go along. Um, <laughs> um, two fifths of the band on this album are they say two fifths of the album. Um, are under the age of eighteen, so like his Glen's children play, and I think one of them's twelve, and one of them's like six or <laughs> something like that. Um, and they just kind of do some singing and and uh, where is it? I've got it here. Um, his daughter Mila um, and son Jude on son Jude and daughter Mila at the um, ages of twelve and five respectively. And it's just pretty fun that like he's got so much of his family involved. I think another another um relation is playing drums. I miss I don't know the the backstory of Soul Junk a lot, but I've just heard that it's pretty fun and in-house. And something really cool is like um it says here uh uh this album was also about the eventual triumph of Glenn's wife over um cancer. So it's kind of it it seems like a bit of a rough around the edges album, but it's also a kind of an album of um, thankfulness mm. and so it's it's a really crazy album to listen to. Um, <laughs> one just just lastly, I love track 11. It begins with like the drums and the guitar kind of trying to be in time but not quite. and they keep fluctuating in and out and then nailing it as they kind of come into the main part of the song. and mm-hmm. I love that ability to kind of play with time, not even in like a jazz sense where you're kind of adding in triplets and duplets and you're really playing with the time signature, but in the more home recording style of like, we just didn't record this to a click kind of thing. Anyway, I I, I love it. It's, it's so chaotic and so wonderful and so also so comforting. Um, it's just very interesting. So that's what I've been listening to. Huh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just fun. I just love that there's music out there like that, and I love that they've just been doing this for such a long time. Yeah. Um, this last album was in 2012. I think they're done now, but like they were just working on music for a long time and oh, producing you. a lot. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh, another one in the the bag of of unusual releases reviews from Asha. <laughs> What have you been listening to? And did you have anything to say about that? Or <laughs> that just that sounds very uh,
0: it's different. I'll I'll take a look at it.
1: Yeah. What have you been listening to?
0: Um. Well, this week I spent a lot of my time uh, ingesting the latest Bright Eyes album, mm. um, "Down in the Weeds," where the world once was. Um. Do you get a chance? I uh, sent you the code. Do you get a chance to listen to it at all? I haven't had a chance yet. That's fine. Um. All right. So this is their first new album since 2011. It's a long time. Uh, it is a bit of a long time. It's and nine-year hiatus. I am like, I, it's a it's a weird combination. I'm not the hugest Bright Eyes fan. Um, but I am a big Connor Oberst fan. If that makes any sense.
1: Um. I must confess, I don't know a lot of his side projects, so I'm not sure what that leaves.
0: I mean, he has quite a few of them. Uh, Yeah, I I really didn't enjoy their last album. It's called The People's Key. I thought it was not very enjoyable at all. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But I think this this latest one is actually uh, a really good return to form. It's a lot of... um, Taking a lot of his good kind of production that he uh went off with in his solo stuff and then it wrapped up in older bright eyes style songwriting and it's a good combination i think hmm. um so it's a it's a bit of a behemoth of songs and themes it's hmm. uh it's how like many 14 songs and almost an hour long um, right uh, and like most bright eyes albums it starts off with like a set piece um to like Like introduce you
1: i'm wide awake it's morning the kind of spoken word man on the plane or woman on the plane yeah i can't remember yeah Yeah.
0: That's that's a that's a pretty common thing so this one starts off with like a cafe or like a bar and um a lady gets on stage and gives you an introduction in spanish um and she introduces the audience to Uh, This is a translation, walk down the long corridor out of the doors of memory and oblivion, warmly welcoming your most vivid nightmares to stage. And then the kind of the song begins. Um, So this album is like a really cynical, apathetic, um, like a middle-aged Connor, look at the world. As it's like in peril and ending and just kind of like sitting in a cafe and like shrugging his shoulders and going, okay, so what? And that's
1: kind of like the theme of the album. You sent me a text saying it was one of the most cynical things you've ever listened to. Is that right?
0: Yeah. like um, I don't have it in front of me. Like one of the songs, uh, has the lyrics like, um, discovered it, along the lines, And I'm not quoting it exactly, discovered like the main intent of humanity is to like destroy and like do it all over again kind of thing like um yeah anyway
2: <laughs> right
0: it's qu- it's quite it's quite dark thematically um but on top of that um the album is very beautiful instrumentally i think hmm. um it's really lush a lot of old school uh broadest records have that kind of uh indie diy feeling to them They're like kind of rough in the edges Hmm. Um, this is very not it's quite heavily produced Hmm. um and it has a lot of guest musicians so the bride is three people um and a lot of guests and so a lot of the bass work on this album this is my other trivia question i was gonna say is done by flea no Um, really yep yep is he
1: or is it just normal finger style (laughs)
0: He's not slapping. (laughs) He has has the ability to play the bass in other ways. No, Um, I know, but he's
1: very good at like, even his finger style has that clacky, slappy sort of sound. I just can't kind of picture him in another genre very well. I guess I don't know him very well.
0: have to do a bit of listening. Um, Yeah, I will. And then it has drums from a guy called John Theodore. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, He was part of a pretty famous Mexican band called
1: uh, the Mars Volta. Oh, I know of Uh, the Mars Volta, but I've never heard of the Mars Volta. He he
0: was their drummer, and he's, like, done a bunch of random touring with, like, Queens of the Stone Age, and now... So the drums is done by John Theodore, and the bass is done by Flea on this album, and it's, like, a weird, like... I think they do a really good job kind of uh, filling in the back end over these, like, big, soaring melodies. Cool. Um,
1: That's very curious. That sounds great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... I don't think this is a big innovation album. Like they're not changing a lot of what makes a bright eyes album, a bright eyes album. Like the songs don't break the mold, but they are Mm. really nice to listen to. Um, Some highlights on this album, um, like even amongst their other records, I think, Um, especially for me, I really enjoyed the song songs uh dance and sing and forced convalescence mm-hmm. um but i think still as like a whole albums i prefer connor oberst on his own he has this he had those two albums he released a couple of years ago that are one of which is just him and a piano and i think those are um they're they're riskier for him because it's just him and his songwriting ability so i think he tries a bit harder in writing mm-hmm. like a good complete song so some of these some of these tracks are kind of meh on this album and some of them are really great and it's kind of you can't mm. get that middle ground um but i've I've been vastly enjoying this album and if yeah. you you know want some maudlin alternative folk to listen to this is kind of the thing for you so
1: i haven't um, listened to bright eyes in the longest time not, not <laughs> I, a little bit since you gave me i'm wide awake it's morning Um, But when you first gave me that album, to be honest, that album felt like it was just one dude. Like I kind of felt like it was Connor mainly, you know, mainly folk songs with his guitar and then a bit of instrument. I mean, really good instrumentation around him, but it didn't feel like it was a band. It felt like it was more a solo
0: project. One of these days I'll give you his album, um, which is just him and a piano. I think it's really good.
1: Yeah. Um, I I mean, his voice is so iconic. I really love it. And um,
0: it it took a bit for me to get adjusted to when I first started listening because he's you know got that kind of warble that thin warble that he does
1: yeah yeah it's good um, yeah I, I I'm sorry I haven't listened to it so I can't really comment much but I, I mean know. I'm keen to check it out it, he's not someone who crosses my radar often um, you are the yeah. main source of that and so <laughs> here he's crossing again you know Hallie's comments come round again. <laughs>
0: It's, kind of, it's once, once every nine years it will appear in the distance.
1: Yeah. That's that's a long time. Interesting that it ties in with what I, I gave you this this week to listen to. But um Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so that's my
0: thoughts on broadeyes. Pretty good.
1: Yeah, cool. Nice. All right, shall we go on to homework?
0: Yeah, yeah, homework. All
1: right, so Um, I had a little bit of a mishap with giving Josh his homework this week. (laughs) So I've had on my list for a long time to give Josh um, an album by Godspeed You, Black Emperor, Um, the Canadian post-rock band uh, that have been around for a long time and I didn't quite know where to start him. Um, I had on my list to give him um, Slow Riot for Zero Canada and then I thought, no, I should be a good Godspeed Black Emperor fan and give him Lift Your Skinny Fists. And then I thought, oh, that's massive. It's like 80 minutes long. And <laughs> even even I barely can get the whole of that album in my mind. Like I can get a quarter or a half in my mind. Um, and I've had that album for a long time. So then I thought, um, oh, maybe I'll give him this other one, Asunder Sweet, uh, Asunder Sweet and Other Distress. And in all the mix, I thought I gave him Slow Riot in the end because it was short <laughs> and simple and a very good album. But I'd given him Asunder, Sweet and Under the Distress, which I love. And I might get you know tons of hate mail about this from Godspeed You Black Emperor fans. But I really love this album, so I gave him the 2015 um, album by Godspeed You Black Emperor called Asunder, Sweet and Other Distress. Mm-hmm. And what did you think?
0: I mean that's certainly the one that I listen to. Um, <clears throat> uh, quickly, what is uh, the post-rock
1: genre for the uneducated ash? Um I think usually it's described as doing cinematic orchestral sounds with rock instruments. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, using using guitars and drums and bass. In a way that orchestras usually use instruments, so yeah. long form pieces, lots of lush sounds, and often instrumental.
0: Us- using the rock and roll toolbox for a different result. Yeah, so I try to think about it. Um, so this is a four track, forty minute performance. It's, mm. um, I read that this is an EP, kind of based off of a song. That they play a bunch live, or like a a thing that they've done live for a long time, and they kind of decided to put it down in in this form. Is it called um, Gargantuan or something? uh, Behemoth, I think. Uh,
1: Behemoth, that's right. Sorry.
0: Yeah. No. Um. Since there's four tracks, I think I can talk about all of them. Mm. Um. Though they're not really separate songs, really. No. No. Um, They never are. (laughs) They never are. Um so, so yeah so this is like a one huge 40 minute kind of thing. Um all right so the first song uh peasantry or light inside of light. Um for me this is easily the best song on the album. I um, kind of agree. It's uh it's got such character to it. Like the first half is this like gargantuan kind of like moving Like hulking guitar riff, like I picture, um, like some kind of like old seventies like science fiction desert scene. You know those like this like monstrosity, like a robot like walking over sand dunes and that kind. Yeah, like June. Like, um, it's just it's got such like definition to it, and then it turns into this kind of, uh, Celtic folk violin melody, um, Mm -hmm. and there's like huge drums and huge distortion. And just kind of, like, moves forward, like, this aggressive, large thing. Um, hmm. it, it was more action than I had expected from a post-rock album. Uh-uh. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I quite enjoyed the first track. Hmm. All, like, nine and a half minutes of it.
1: Hey, that's short for them. <laughs> this I, is their This is their shortest album.
0: Ooh, doggy. Um... <laughs> And then uh Lamps Breath, mm-hmm. the second track. Um this is okay, this is kind of where post rock loses me a little bit. Um apologies to any post rock fans. The the like droning aspect of post rock music I find like really boring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. Um, drone like that. as a as a word is usually used in a boring, like, you know, they're droning on and on.
0: It's true. I th- like, I think it's supposed to build tension,
1: right? But there's, I, like, I 15 minutes of tension building. I think it's contemplation. Um, contemplation. And you know what's hard is actually that, um, sorry to butt in, but I think mm. that they depend a lot upon the projections they have live. So they have a dedicated person who yeah. does film and projections whenever they play live. And so in these moments, there's often things happening that you can't see when you're listening to it.
0: Like, like I get the idea of having like a structured break in musical momentum in an album or in a performance. Hmm. I just don't know if I need 16 minutes of it right after the first song. I kind of love it. <laughs> anyway so so lamb's breath is um uh probably the more um what's the word the more peaceful of the two uh the two droning tracks in the middle Mm. um it moves from like kind of like a big oily distortion up front to like a single note Mm. um which is kind of like light and clean um, which then leads into the next one, which is a sunder suite, hmm. um, and this one builds a little more. It has like a uh, a repeating ping, like a like a violin ping, I think. Yeah, um, and then there's a lot more like uh, I don't know if we call it like like notes from the strings, but like the sound of yeah. bowing on strings as like a as like a rhythmic device, and that really builds into this giant kind of chaotic storm feeling guitar
1: mess at the end. Um it, it builds directly into the last track. Like there's almost yeah. no separation.
0: And it's really, it's really uh what's the word? Stormy, dark. Um I I do like the start of track four. There, there, there is one delineation between the build and the next track, and it's a single kick hit. And just like that's the, that's the start, and that's re- that's got a lot of character to it. I think, like, okay, yeah. now it's something different.
1: Um, and there's that bent bass note, the like Boo, kind yeah. of like yeah, it's yeah. really it's really deep.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like the, the, that lumbering feel kind of comes back for the fourth song, um, but it's less riff related more like a single like note hit that's like super distorted and bent um like burr and then it builds into this like kind of giant march hmm. um and i thought i thought the ending was kind of like the ending um it feels like the kind of like ending you'd have at, like a 70s rock and roll show but like stretched for like 5 minutes just like everyone's like going super Hmm. hard on their instruments and it's like, you know, bright lights, big city kind of stuff happening, but it's in this context of this like huge, like March buildup. Um, Hmm. Yeah. That's the, that's the four tracks. So thoughts on the album. I, I find their designation of what is a song and what isn't a different new song. Strange. (laughs) Um, like, like the, like the last song, which is, uh, like, how long is it? Like 10, 15 minutes or 13, something like that? I think. Um, yes, that has minutes, like f- f- three very clearly defined parts in it that you could say like, Oh, these are like different parts of maybe the same song or like a different song. Mm. And then the two like drone sections in the middle are like split from each other in terms of like how the record is arranged. Mm.
1: Um. Anyway, I I don't, I don't know how their well, convention goes. Honestly, it's going to be one huge song. It'll be the same thing. So the thing is, sometimes um, I'm pretty sure that sometimes on different platforms the songs are split up differently. I'm I well, no, not on different platforms, but I remember when I first got a Godspeed You Black Emperor um album. So I got Lift Your Skinny Fists, which has four 20 minute tracks on it, and okay. I thought, my goodness! But when I look at the vinyl <laughs> copy and I look on the website, they actually split up with timestamps, the different names of the different okay. parts, and um, and so I think they have intentionality with. There's different sections and they call different things, but they're often either lumped together because of the medium that they're releasing it on, or something like that. Yeah, I think Godspeech are very distant from their online presence, and so um, yeah. I would trust, like, I would trust their website more <laughs> about, like, what's happening at different points, and I should check out on their website what they call different sections of yeah, Alice is their arranged. songs. Yeah, but um, other times, so, for instance, this one, which is just four tracks kind of thing, if you look at um their most recent release called uh, Luciferian Towers, it has some tracks split up into three parts when really they run straight into each other as one song. But they yeah. call it Bosses Hang One, Bosses Hang Two, Bosses Hang Three. And I prefer it just being one track. And I like thinking of it as a whole. To be honest, you could listen to the whole of Asunder Sweet and Others of Distress as one 40 minute track and it would yeah, probably
0: be fine. Very much so. Like, I couldn't imagine, I mean, being at the, one of their concerts in general, but like them like playing a section of this yeah. without playing the rest of it. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the first part you could play the first song you could play alone, maybe. Mm. But this is very much like a whole thing.
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. them at the beginning of 2018, and mm. yeah, they played two albums, um, and they didn't <laughs> play anything else. Like they couldn't really fit in much else, um, because of yeah. time. But also, um, I think they changed the the track arrangement of their newest album. Just one track moved to the other, but. It's pretty much, it just flows. The whole thing just flows from beginning to end. So, um, yeah, they, yeah, they don't you're come
0: out right. and just play the singles over and over again. Well, you know, they're greatest hits, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the greatest hits, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. That's the most like, antithetical is, uh, thing.
0: <laughs> hey, Jude, over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot happening at the ends of this album. Um, but I didn't really take to the middle. I don't know. I, Mm-hmm. I, d- I didn't really feel any tension from the 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 middle section, and it just keeps going for me. Um, especially mm-hmm. after such character and such momentum from the first track, mm-hmm. I would have loved more of that. Like so, like that would have
1: been um, amazing to hear. But mm. um, I probably made a mistake and should have given you um, lift <laughs> your skinny. So maybe I'll just assign that to you later. <laughs> Oh boy, I,
0: I honestly don't know what context I would like listen to this kind of album to as well. Because you need to pay some attention to it. Like maybe if I had like found an abandoned building that was burning down, I would like watch it and listen to this. Um, but I don't know, like when I'd like sit like sit down and like listen to a post rock album for forty minutes. Maybe that's that's it's cretinous on me. But I think um, like like it, yeah. I'd say the invitation is uh, beautiful and well done, and like, there's a lot of clearly attention to detail and a lot of things going on. Like this mm-hmm. is made by a large group of people who are all trying to make something
1: very interesting, um, yeah. and I think they succeeded that. Hmm. Nice. Anyway. I for I for fear of just going on too much, I am going to stop soon. <laughs> but I just wanted to say like one or two last things, and then I'll leave it. <laughs> um, Go for it, Doug. There's I love everything by this band all except for probably like uh little bits of their first big release F sharp A sharp infinity. Um I I kind of like it's like I'm at a dinner table and there's just too much delicious food to eat. I think you've used yeah. this analogy before. And I'm just kind of like oh there's so there's so interesting and there's so much to explore in their music. Um and so I, that's why I was a bit of a loss to kind of decide where to start you. And <laughs> I, I just might have to rectify that by giving you another release of theirs because... I mean, yeah. I can't imagine having
0: to differentiate between these so many albums of like, like hour to just under an hour length, like post-rock music. I can't...
1: Anyway. I guess though it's with anything, right? When you know a genre, like you yeah. can see all the differences and and you can notice the kind of, the individuality. The reason I mentioned in the last review about hiatus. So Godspeed, you had a really interesting kind of like 10 year hiatus from the end of like, uh, 2002 to 2012. Yeah. yeah. I about them. Um, yeah and they're, they're an interesting collective of instrument, uh, of instrumentalists. Um, I highly recommend checking out their website. It's an interesting place to be. It feels like you've gone back in time, <laughs> to early days of the internet in the way it kind of set out and the minimalism there. I, I find them quite fascinating. And I'm glad that you enjoyed the strings because I think that Godspeed You Black Emperor are able to pull off strings and rock music in a way that other <laughs> bands uh, don't. It just feels very homogenous, like everything works together really well. And Sophie Trudeau, I sent you her, a little video yep. of her, um, She's one of the string players who uses like a whole bunch of effects and pedals, and she manages to do a lot of stuff, just her. Like I'll send you a little video later on of some of the other things. And there aren't, there's not like a whole string section there. It's often like a double bass player and maybe her, and she just does so many interesting sounds and things. With her violin, and you're right. There's a lot of Celtic influences, and and that, and even a little bit of like Middle Eastern kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I heard some
0: Middle Eastern vibes as well.
1: Yeah, so it's it's fascinating to kind of hear these different genres melded together. But um, yeah. Thanks for giving me a listen. I know that drone is not for everyone. Um, <laughs> and and I kind of agree with you, but I also do love just the the up and down of this album and. And interestingly, I, I went after I gave this to you, I went out and bought the vinyl. I was just like, I love this album so much. And I discovered there's another there's another infinite loop on one of the drone sides. So side A, uh-huh. I was like, this is going on for extra long. And I, <laughs> I looked, and it's just, it was stuck in the infinite groove loop. But yeah, anyway, so that's Godspeed you. <laughs> Expect another probably sometime soon. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for that. Um,
0: uh, This week, I gave Asher the eighth album by Radiohead called The King of Limbs" because it was his uh, least listened to one, he told me.
1: Yeah, I haven't Um, listened to it at all except for the the single.
0: Lotus Flower, yeah. Uh, This is perhaps their most divisive record amongst fans
1: i can um, imagine that yeah
0: because it was it was a big departure uh surprise surprise by readyhead from their previous more accessible um in rainbows and everyone kind of loved that because it was really easy to get into and they did this like weird leap to like this eight song record focused on themes of nature um mutation and polyrhythms Uh, Mm. hot dang this album is full of rhythms my goodness um (laughs) yeah and so this album kind of came about when they were working towards like let's make a a rhythmic album and a lot of um brazilian music influences from ed Mm. o'brien which i'm very thankful he did because it kind of brings that melodic tone to these uh this kind of crazy album um Mm. anyway what did you think of the king of limbs after
1: I really liked it. I, yeah, it I mean, it you, know, me. <laughs> you know that I kind of, I don't care that it's not a rock album or it's not like yeah. their previous. For me, though, it was really interesting. Um, eight tracks, I didn't notice it was that short in terms of, no, yeah. I, like when I was listening to it, I thought, well, this ends pretty quickly. For me, there's two halves to this album. The first four tracks feel like jams and the last four tracks feel like songs. And I know that's not fair on songs like Little by Little and Morning Mr. Magpie, but they do feel like they're more of an idea and a jam than they are of Codex and Lotus Flower. So in my mind, the first four, I was like, oh, these are are awesome sounds. Like you've got all these cool like drum parts and weird vocal samples or like guitar sounds and loops and this sort of thing. Um, bloom is really a really good opener like the, um the cross rhythms and it's interesting you say those kind of different brazilian influences it reminds i know you don't like it but reflector how they had all the haitian drums on them um mm. those different other cultural influences are really interesting when did reflector um, come out uh 2012 2011 i can't remember they, well they no they may 2013 or 14
0: they may have been influenced by King of Limbs a little bit, maybe. Who knows? Anyway. Who
1: knows? Yeah, so the first, out of the first four tracks, I really love Bloom and Feral, um, the more instrumental of the jams. Like Morning Mr. Magpie was cool. Um, little by Little sounded something like something off Kid A um, more than something new. Um, and it didn't yeah. grab me as much. Like sometimes <sighs> their melodies don't grab me a huge amount. Yeah, you, don't, you like Little by Little? I, I love Little by Little. I think it's my favorite song on this album. Oh, no, 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 no. Espe-
0: especially, them playing, especially them playing it live, too. That is special.
1: Okay. Well, I should check that out. But anyway, the first half of the album was cool. It didn't grab me, though, of like, oh, these are the songs I want to come back to. Um, now, obviously, Lotus Flower was kind of very big. And it is good song, but I did not give, I did not expect Codex and giving up the ghost or give up the ghost on this one. So codex I've had in my head for the past couple of weeks. the brass, they the brass that they bring in after that first kind of chorus section is just gorgeous. Yeah. And they held it off for five songs. And it's just kind of very apropos. However, It's strange that these two halves of the album are on the same album. Like, they sound Mm. very different than each other. Like, because Codex is more of a ballad, like a bit more older Radiohead than this kind of thing. And then Give Up the Ghost almost sounded a little bit like something that Bonnie Ver would write in 2010. Like, just that repeated vocal sort of thing. And it's beautiful. It's a great track. I really like it. And then Separator as well felt very different from the first few songs. But, and so I kind of, my brain just divided the two out halves to separate parts. So I found it hard to see how they were related. I mean, yeah. I didn't know about these nature themes, um, but it just felt like the first few songs were more in one theme and the second ones were more in the other. Um, I liked it still. I just don't think I quite got the whole narrative and why these songs were included on the same album. So do you have any ideas about that or like
0: <laughs> Um I th- so there's a number of songs that they wrote during this time that also aren't in the album. Okay. Um and I like, like Are they available. A um you can you can hear a couple of them um on performances and that kind of stuff. Like right. um Daily Mail is an example of them. Okay. Um from the basement show. Like uh radiohead album assembly is always a puzzling thing. Yeah. Um just cause they kind of uh just kind of do stuff, you know? Um I, I, f- I think at their core. Um these the the first four are still um like a like the 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 melody and the breakdown of what a of what a radiohead song is is still there. So there's a there's a video clip of Tom playing Bloom solo on a piano. Uh. And that's like like completely different setup, like everything about it is different, but the song still resonates in the same way. Um hmm. So I think of those those like building blocks of what make these songs are are the same as the back half, but they don't have the same like layer on top of them. All these like weird polyrhythmic um kind of overlays and drum parts and builds and that kind of stuff. Which I so really like said, love. Yeah, I really like love it. Codex that. is this like long ballad, so it doesn't really belong in that situation, right? Hmm. Um
1: I guess I don't know Radiohead form well enough to notice it in its different forms. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and this is a, obviously a, a bit of a break from form as
0: well as is yeah. their their wish. Um, yeah. I when when I first heard this album in 2011, I really didn't like it. Um, okay. And it has grown on me a lot. I wondered whether then. you would
1: not like this album. I, I thought, mm, this doesn't seem like... Yeah. I know <laughs> that you buy everything Radiohead does, but I wondered whether this was one of your least favourites.
0: I mean, like, there's certain bands that I listen to, um, partially because I love their stuff, but also partially because I want them to, like, stretch me. And Radiohead's one of those, mm. a little bit. Um it's still not my favorite uh Radiohead album, not by a long shot, but it's um I think I'd put it over some others that people would be surprised by but hmm. i i've come to i've come to like it more um and obviously there's the very among fans the very famous uh the basement show where they play this album, and that was kind of like shocking to people yeah. um I they had a chance to pull- watch that <laughs> like like one of the things that I I love about these guys is that they've managed to do this thing in like a quote-unquote analog way. Mm. Um, And that's impressive, especially in this album.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt of their musicianship. Um, I I haven't watched that uh, video fully yet. Um, When you first sent it through, I watched a little bit, but I wanted to kind of hear the album as it is. I have seen a bit of that because... When Lotus Flower was big, I was like, oh, I want to see, like, this done live. And so I watched that version. Um, I kind of, I really love their drummer. What's his name? Uh, Phil Selway is his name. His drum parts are always so tight and kind of yeah. small, yeah. but also filling the space. And there's not tons of reverb, but it's just, like, really, really minuscule and appropriate. It's just great. It's really cool. Mm.
0: The, the the two heroes of this album are the bass player and the drummer, or the drummers, um, yeah. in live settings. The um,
1: head dude, right?
0: Yeah, they they carry this
1: album, I think, a lot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I liked it. So I think I think like you, it's not my favorite. I was trying to list them like off the top of my head. I think Kid <laughs> A in Rainbows and OK Computer would come before this. Um, but I don't know what order that's in. I I didn't discover it In Rainbows to only a couple of years ago. Um, properly and before that, yeah. Kid A, I would say was one of my favorite Radiohead albums. Um,
0: we could we could do like a a Radiohead listing album. Maybe when their tenth one comes out, we can do like a Radiohead top ten.
1: Yeah, I'd be like cool with that. Years. The trouble is, I'm uh, I'm a bit. Sometimes I hear single songs. Like, I even have A Moonshaped Pool on vinyl, but I just still love listening to Burn the Witch as the main thing and then I kind of forget to really take notice of, oh, no, I do like other, like, yeah, there are other <laughs> songs on the album I really like. Actually, but-
0: we're, not re- we're not reviewing A Moonshaped Pool. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> I just, you know, ready ahead, right? Head, right? Anyway, a whole other conversation. we've done this
0: before, have we? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I should send you. I should send you. Um, Godspeed you talking about Radiohead. You may, oh, really? recan- you may hate. You may recant and take back everything nice you said about Godspeed you. <laughs> right.
0: Musicians will musician. All right, yeah. honorable mentions.
1: Honorable mentions. Um, so I have been. I somehow got on a little spin of listening to some old Arcade Fire. Um randomly, um, someone mentioned a song and I went, Oh, I haven't listened to The Suburbs or Neon Bible in ages. So <laughs> I listened to both of them again and just loving loving their old work. I didn't listen to Funeral. I just kind of was enjoying those two. Particularly as we were talking about concept albums last week, I was listening to The Suburbs again and just yeah. marveling at just how good a record that is. Um it is brilliant and neon bible is also fascinating um i really like songs um uh what's the one that's the two songs together um black wave and uh just looking it up black yeah. wave and bad vibrations i really like that song um it's got that weird kind of um part at the start with regine singing and then it goes into there's a great black wave in the middle of the sea um anyway, I just really like both of those albums, so if you haven't heard them, check them out they're great <laughs> yeah neon a
0: fan- actually both of them are fantastic albums
1: yeah um i've also been listening to andy um shelf um he had a k uh k x p um live video okay. online. And he was playing some songs from his newest album, um, uh, Neon Skyline. And it was really cool to see them play live with his band. And so he's a clarinet player. And so he had uh, oh. some wood woodwinds in his band. And the drummer is a real highlight, kind of very small movements. But, you know, all the band is very deliberate and all of the kind of parts are very simple but strong. So I'll post that link in the show notes. It's a really good watch. Um, I mm. recommend it. Um my last one is kind of a big one. Um and also it may <laughs> seem a little bit like self-promotion, but I'm gonna try and be as altruistic as I can. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I may have mentioned a game called Hypnospace Outlaw before. Um it's the lead dev is a guy named um, Jay Tholen, uh, I've talked about his music before. He made a game called Dropsy, etc. Now, they just had a big update to the game. Um, now, for those who don't know what it is, it's a 90s internet simulator kind of point and click adventure. Um, and it, the interesting thing is, though, Jay Tholen always really likes having kind of things that go beyond the game. So he got a lot of his friends to kind of write music and, um, put them in the game in different forms and kind of had other musicians he knows kind of their likeness in there. And so Hot Dad, who have mentioned before, he, <laughs> did a, he did a lot of the songs or a lot of the jingles and like he's a character in the game called the Chowder Man um, who's like a washed up 80s, uh, you know, lead singer who's got some new fame off the back of, uh, you know, this this kind of uh, writing music for a kind of a more popular Coca-Cola, uh, Cola brand or something like this. Anyway, uh, there's too much kind of to get into with the backstory about this game, but um, fun thing. So I have a page in the game um, of music of mine um, and alongside like two hours of other music as well that was added to the game in the latest update. So Lots of um, different pages have been added in the game that you can kind of search. Um, Some of them through the kind of like not very legal music searching part of the game, which is a bit meta. It's kind of like Napster, that sort of thing. Um, And part of it is like you can just look up pages because it's kind of meant to be an internet simulator. And so I've been listening a lot to this soundtrack. It's the third volume of music from this game. There's two other volumes before, which are mainly Jay's music. The third volume has two hours and 19 minutes of music from the game, which was written by people. He's kind of got to pull their, you know, skills and put some stuff in. And there's some really interesting stuff. Some of it is done in a like the 90s genre. So it's a bit tacky deliberately, but i have actually come to love it quite a bit um others like there's a there's an artist called barnaby's chair um and it uh, the the it's kind of grown on me at first i thought oh like some of this music yeah it's a bit it doesn't really grab me but as the game is kind of built to be more immersive than just kind of playing a game like you can download music from websites and then have your own like You have a Winamp, like you have your Winamp library full of music and you can be listening to music as you're kind of playing the game. So I've been (coughs) listening to a lot of music in this game that's kind of made by other artists. And so the really crazy thing is that there's also, I've reviewed um, Chris Schlaab's work before here on this podcast, and he made a fake band called Clifter. Um, and they're like a Swedish 1970s jazz fusion band, um, <laughs> which you can find in the game, when really it's, it's Chris Schlab, you know, writing music now. But it's really good music, and I was listening to it yesterday, so there is so much there to unpack. I'm sorry. I probably should have waited to another, uh, a bigger review, but
2: <laughs> check out
1: check out Hypnospace Outlaw. Check out the volume three of the soundtrack, and check out Clifter. I'll put all the stuff in the show notes and that sort of thing so there you go did that make any sense
0: yeah i I got it that's That's
1: good i mean the the the
0: device of like the the point and click game internet simulator web browser is like it's a what's the word eccentric one a little bit
1: (laughs) it's really fun actually i've i'm doing my second playthrough now and i'm really enjoying Kind of all the details, all the kind of. I don't know if this is a game review or a music review, but I'm really, enjoy-
0: <laughs> I'm really enjoying it.
1: <laughs> all right, that's that's all of me. I'll I'll stop.
0: Um, all right, I got I got I got four things. Um, sure. Uh, first, uh, Death Cab for Cutie um, just celebrated their 15 year anniversary of their uh, album Plans, mm-hmm. um, which is probably. If you ask me, their best album, um, and so they, I think they're releasing it today or sometime soon. Okay, a thing called Directions, which is a um, series of short films by individual directors, based on each uh, song from the album. Um, nice. So that was a pretty cool project. Um. Uh. Next. Uh, a little album called Pop Songs 2020 by mm-hmm. a band called Bumper um, so this is a combo project from two kind of uh, dream pop artists uh, who are IRL neighbors in New York from different bands mm-hmm. um, and so they wanted to like make some like um, some really like 80s pop music um, and I've that they succeeded in doing so. It's, like, really catchy, like, little danceable tunes, kind of like Janet Jackson vibes. Cool. Um, but it's a nice little surprise in 2020. And uh, one of the artists is from a band called Japanese Breakfast, who I, I like a lot. So she, Oh, yeah, yeah. Kinda, I know them. Yeah, she's, she's won half of this, basically. Um, Third, uh, this is probably a guilty pleasure. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like my blink it's 22 like a, enjoyment yeah a little bit um so i've been listening to some music by a, a guy called uh davy spillane um he's an irish bagpiper he's probably best known for his work on the river dance soundtrack oh i love that soundtrack my nan would be so proud of me um <laughs> so he makes kind of like these like very um large like organ backgrounds okay. like these kind of like rising symphonic organs and then he pipes over them mm-hmm. and it's like real melancholic and beautiful um but it's a it's definitely a guilty pleasure i <laughs> I don't <laughs> show everybody that i listen to this guy but um, and yet you
1: have just told the world <laughs>
0: i've admitted it. i've listened to a lot of it even his like <laughs> river dance uh performance is quite beautiful. Mm. Um, it is a
1: very beautiful soundtrack.
0: It is. Uh, and last and biggest, I uh, was listening to a new uh, Oh Hellos uh, release. Oh, cool. <sighs> um, so they've been releasing these like uh, EPs that are maybe like seven, eight tracks long mm. over the last couple of years. And they've been named after different uh, greek deities of the wind mm-hmm. um and so this is the third one named boreas who is the god of north wind and winter mm-hmm. um so this is uh lots of like cold dark imagery like snow and like blue kind of colors um it's been a hot mess medic- since i listened to the ohelos i didn't really get grabbed by any of these like, like kind of half albums they've been putting out. So I thought I'd give us a listen and I, I don't know, like the, the fun and like happiness is so infectious in their music when they kind of get going. Mm. It's hard not to enjoy it. So I might just go back and listen to those other smaller ones. Um, this was a, a treat to listen to again, as always.
1: Yeah. They're amazing. I mean, um, yeah. I haven't listened to much past through the deep dark Valley. I listened to a bit of Dear Wormwood, which was cool. But, yeah, I kind of stopped after that too and just haven't really listened to the other little ones.
0: I don't know why. It's just kind of like uh, other things, but, um, like, it's really good. Mm.
1: Uh, I'll check it out. I just kind
0: of need to to get back into it. But that's Mm. my own mentions.
1: (laughs) And that's us. All right. Thanks so much for listening to uh, what we're listening to, episode 12 um yeah if you uh, want to (laughs) if you want to get in touch with us you can see uh, you can um uh, tweet us or find us on instagram or facebook or you can email us uh the uh, email address is on our website um yeah give us a rating on apple podcasts and wherever and we'd love to hear from you let us know if there's an album you want us to kind of check out or be interested in we might do that And thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you, buddy. See you, man.